Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. So let me hear the music, Colin. Take it away. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome into this Friday, May 26th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations. Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has proudly served our area since 1880. Spencer Poonick, Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us before this three-day weekend for Memorial Day. Uh, how you doing, guys? Doing great. Yeah, doing great. Ready for a long weekend? Absolutely. All right, let's because get in. It's a- Nice long weekend before I have to be up at 4 a.m. Oh, yeah. Rob's out all next week, so Colin might not be on the show next week. I'll do my best. You don't have to be. You don't have to pull those doubles. I don't think we'll have... We don't have... Baseball, we, so. we won't have any games. Right? That's true. So yeah. we might as well come on the show. Exactly. That, that's true. All right, we do have some baseball to talk about. Got a text last night from Trip Tobin. As we heard on the show, uh, was it two days ago? Yeah, it was two days ago he came on and talked about the... Uh, the uh, re- or the yeah the regional championship game, but he also updated uh, some former EPAC players that are playing professionally or in college, and that one of them being Chase DeLauder. He finally made his long-awaited professional debut last night at the Arizona Complex League. He went two for two with a double, a single, and two walks. Uh, the exit velo, according to Trip, on the double was 111 miles an hour. So pretty impressive debut. Uh, at the professional level for Chase DeLauder. He also got walked after that uh, the rest of the ball game. Uh, but a pretty impressive start for him. Yeah, good to see uh, Chase finally get a chance to play professionally after dealing with that uh, injury he's been dealing with for you know kind of like a year and a half, I guess, or so. Almost About a year, a year. now um, from when you get drafted. So, uh, you know, see him back and um, obviously, you know, has not seen too much of a drop off, obviously. So that's good to see um, him be productive in that first game back. The Arizona, whatever that is, is obviously not the same level of competition he's going to see in you know single A. It's basically extended spring training, right? For so a lot of guys that are rehabbing situation, yeah. you know, rehabbing. So I mean, it could be a variety of different players there, but uh, you know, first game back and. Hopefully we get to see him in single A here pretty soon, and then in a year or two, maybe he'll be, you know, getting ready for the majors. Yeah, he's expected to be called up, according to reports on Twitter from uh, some Guardians reporters. He's expected to be called up to High A Lake City by mid June. So he'll go right up to High A, and then uh, maybe you'll see him jump to Double A by the end of the season if he can progress. Uh, but I mean, who knows? Maybe he even gets a September call up if he has a great. I kind of doubt it. I, but this late I doubt in the it, season, especially after an injury. But you maybe think by next year he could be on the spring training team. Yeah, that, that'd be awesome, especially after that injury. But you don't want to speed up the process no. too much. It, it's still a huge time frame for his window of opportunity. You don't want to go too fast and have a situation spark up with a maybe re-injury or a new one. Hopefully that's not the case, obviously. You want him to do well and stay healthy. But – He's still young. There's still a lot of time. So I expect, as you said, 
him to get called up in June, maybe play a few months. If he's doing great there, yeah, it'd be awesome to get to see him go to double A maybe for the end of the season if their team's doing successful and they want to add him to that situation and from there go on to spring training. But at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if he just stays in high A. Yeah, and I think, too, you got to consider from what the Guardians are going to want to do with him in terms of how we know baseball works. You know, they never want to rush guys to the majors Mm -hmm. uh, because then their clock starts and then they lose some control of them and stuff like that. So, you know, obviously this is way down the line at this point for Chase Water. He hasn't even played a single-A game yet. So, um, but with him being a college product opposed to, uh, you know, straight out of high school, he does have kind of two years of somewhat minor league, I guess you could say, or development in college. Which is why he goes to high A rather than right. low A. Yeah. If so, low A is a th- I can't remember what they re- – if it's regular low A. is still a thing. Yeah. I don't know. The the old minor leagues was like low A, A, high A, double A, triple A. Now I don't even know what any – there's still double A and triple A and high A, obviously. But. Yeah. And then the draft league, I don't know if that replaced low A. That might have been what it was. There might be no low A, and it's the draft league, and then there's a A, regular A, I guess. I don't I don't know how it works. I'd have to double-check, look back into it. But, I mean, you know, congrats to Chase DeLauder for making his professional debut. And, you know, before everybody knows it, he'll probably be making his major league debut potentially a, less than a year from now. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, who knows when it will be. Yeah. But certainly looking forward to seeing Chase, and it's just really cool that – a kid from this area has made it this far. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to do something pretty cool on the other side of this two-minute break. We're going to give our own all EPAC baseball teams, but it's going to take a little bit. So how about we step aside for our first break right now? First segment brought to you in part by Parsons Ford. Kent Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. They became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for Morgan. We'll have our own all EPAC teams and justify why each player should be on are all EPAC teams. After this two-minute break, you're tuning in the Sportsmax on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. White wine and a bucket of beer just sipping, sipping all summertime. With four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states, Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords, financing from 0%, Parsons' goal of financing for all, and Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. At the Berkeley County Health Department, our motto is prevent, promote, protect. Since 1935, our mission has been to provide clinical and environmental services to protect the health of the general public. We're committed to building public health in our community by offering a wide range of services, including blood pressure screening, breast and cervical screening, family planning, counseling, lab testing, and more. We perform health inspections to make sure the restaurants you visit are clean, and we prepare and coordinate plans to respond to all hazards. The Berkeley County Health Department, 122 Waverly Court, Martinsburg. The Palace Lounge in Martinsburg is the place to be. Join us every night to relax and enjoy football or basketball games featuring either the Martinsburg Bulldogs, Shepherd University Rams, or West Virginia Mountaineers. We will have steak night every Wednesday, trip nights every Thursday, and now taco and margarita nights every Tuesday. You can find us on Facebook or call 304-267-7520. The Palace Lounge is located at 1350 Edwin Miller Boulevard in Martinsburg. 
Join us this summer for the thrill of American Legion baseball on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. The Berkeley Post 14 Hornets are the premier team in the area, and you don't want to miss one second of the action. Brings up Camian Gonzalez with runners on the corners. Runner from first going, and it's a fair ball down the third baseline by Gonzalez. That's going to allow one to score. The Hornets begin their season on June 3rd. We'll have coverage all the way through the area tournament July 18th through the 22nd at P.O. Faulkner Park. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Sick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this segment of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 for your Friday, May 26, 2023. Spencer, Nick, and Colin, happy to have you with us here in uh, that uh, post-14 promo that just aired at the end of the commercial break there, the final break. Uh, it's kind of essentially, we're building an all-star team, but essentially if you look at post-14, it's like an EPAC all-star team. We talked about that all summer last year. Yeah, I mean, not not all the guys on my team are no. going to play on the team, but most of them either have or will. So, all right, we want to get this thing started. We'll start uh, with our all EPAC teams. We'll go through kind of what we decided to do is we decided to do a one through nine in the lineup, a relief pitcher, and then a DH slash utility player, and then a coach of the year and the player of the year. We'll start first with our starting pitcher. I think this might be a unanimous decision between everybody. Uh, Lane DeLauder. Yeah, it is a unanimous decision. I went with Lane, unless you decided to change yours last second and we don't know nick no i I had to go with lane i think um you know his talent is unmatched in the epac uh what he can do on any given night he can really shut a team down i think the only guy maybe you could argue for would be caleb fletcher potentially uh with his era being the way it was but he didn't start enough games for me to give him the edge so i would go lane before the state tournament, he has a 2.43 ERA. Uh, he's got 85 strikeouts to just 24 walks, 19 earned runs, 30 runs, 43 hits. He is six and three on the season uh, with a in 54 and two thirds innings pitched. All right, now we're over 80 strikeouts. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll go to relief pitchers now. I'm staying with the Eagles. I'm going Jackson or West. He is a starter, but he's also come into a lot of games as well so i'm gonna go with jackson russ there i think that that's your best kind of one-two punch and obviously it's shown the way that things are playing out this year i had to go trevor shut the door bore he was the best closer in the epac this year um was perfect in his save opportunities uh had a really good season i think he's got to be if you're looking for a natural relief pitcher uh, which was more of Boar's role. He's got to be your choice unless, of course, like I said, you could go Caleb Fletcher. You can make that argument there. But I think Boar overall, you know, a guy you want in the seventh inning would be Trevor Boar. I mean, yeah, both of those picks are great picks. I also went with Boar, as Nick, you just said, five for five in save opportunities, but also in something that I think is more important because he didn't just go in and five for five and saves he had 16 games that he was in uh his era was below one at nine one three era so that's something that i think even 
adds to his resume even more as to why he's my relief pitcher. All right, let's move on to the other side of the battery, the catcher. Uh, Colin, start with your catcher. I went with Taron Boyles, so stuck with uh, Musselman there. Reasoning? Uh, I just liked uh, that he only had one error all season long, and then also offensively batting 364 was a pretty solid side of things too, so. Yeah, Taron's definitely a really good young player. Has a little bit of pop in his bat as well. I think he had one home run this season. Uh, but I'm going to go with Cam Moore. I know he didn't only play catcher this year, but um, in terms of guys that uh, you know can play the position, I think Cam does a lot of good things. Probably the best leadoff type hitter. Technically not a leadoff hitter in the Washington lineup this year, but you know, really good bat, really good glove. And if I need him to, he can play a different position for my team. So I would take Cam Moore as my catcher, but it's pretty close. Yeah, I'm right there with you with Cam Moore as the catcher. I think that you know he showed his versatility and his his willingness to do what the team needed this year by playing shortstop. But uh, he's going to go play catcher at Fairmont State, so uh, I think that's part of the reasoning is that he's he's going to a solid D two program to uh, catch, and he was had a solid year when he was was behind the plate. Moving on to first base, Colin. I went with Jackson Ruiz there. Just all-around fantastic player offensively, defensively, and since it's high school, if I needed him to come in to pitch, he could. But at first base, just some of the plays he made this year was amazing, and we know he can come in clutch offensively too. So, And his leadership. I mean, that's something that you don't see, I guess, physically on the field, but it goes to show just being a senior leader this year too that you need to have him somewhere and since i didn't have him as a relief pitcher i'm putting him at first yeah i think this might be the one of the toughest positions yeah. there's a lot of tough positions but first base was uh i'm going with a guy that spent a lot of the year injured but i still felt like uh from a pure talent perspective he's probably the best first baseman in the epac i'm going with colin reed uh when he was healthy you know over 400 batting average great leader great mind out there too when you talk to him about just he's basically baseball. He's, he's like a coach, coach on the field. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I'm going to be my choice. Vary from you. Uh, I'm going to go with another player, which unfortunately didn't get to finish the season uh, due to injury. But that's Mike Lupus. He had 3.41 on the season, a 1.121 on base plus slugging percentage. He finished the season 28 hits, 12 doubles, four homers, 33 RBIs, and he also walked 20 times to so just 10 strikeouts. Uh, to me, I think you need, you need a solid guy who, you like Colin around. said, you can move around. He'll go to third, uh, but you can also come in and pitch if if you have to. And another great leader. Yeah, great yeah. leader as we well. Which good yeah. leaders. I believe he's going to play college baseball. I don't know the exact school yet, but I think you know. Unfortunately, his injury unfortunately came at a bad time. But I do believe he's going to play college baseball. Don't know if he's made his official commitment yet, so. Uh, we'll hopefully get that here soon. Moving on to second base, Colin. Chris French. He's got that dog in him. The French Bulldog. But he's not a Bulldog. Yeah, I think if you're taking you know guys that actually played second base, because I kind of cheated with my pick, uh, Chris French to me was the best all-around second baseman in the EPAC this year. But since I cheated with my pick and I had to find a way to get him on my team, I got to go Braylon Connor at second base, even though he's not technically a second baseman. He plays shortstop, but I think he could play both, and I had to find a way to get the my shortstop pick on my team as well. So, 
Well, you did have a utility slash DH spot. Well, so I got to find a way to, to choose somebody as that. well. Yep, nope, there. Nope. So, I mean, going back to Chris French here, he was my pick as well. You know, you look at him at the beginning of the season, at the end of March, he was hitting, or I guess March 29th, he was hitting 269. He went up to 290 at the end of March. Uh, April 5th, he dropped down to 250. Then he got DH4 for uh, six or seven games, or you know, six or se- a few games in there, and then went all the way up to where he f- currently is right now at 350 on the season. So not only is he a plus plus defensive guy, he also his bat obviously came in clutch during the postseason, but it's also been you know a kind of year round thing. He finished with 20 RBIs, which you know not the number one on Hedgesville, but he's you know in the top five in RBI guys mm-hmm. on that team and 24 runs too. So yeah. gets on base and can drive him in. Yeah, other I, guys are on base. So. I like Chris French. I just had to find a way to get Braylon Connor on my team. Yeah, I, mean, I don't blame you right. for that. Led, I think led the EPAC in batting average this year. Yeah. All right, moving on now to shortstop, Colin. My shortstop, Baden Hartman. Yeah. I think he's the best shortstop in the uh, EPAC. And is that a all around pick? Is that who you had? I had Baden too, and that's why I had to move Braylon around. Uh, you know, it's pretty tough argument there if you actually wanted to go between the positions both guys are really good defensively mm-hmm. both guys have some pop hartman a little bit more pop in his bat 390 uh, three home runs you know if you want to conclude the fact that he can pitch as well um you know a little bit better than braylon has pitched this year braylon hasn't pitched that much though uh but you know it's really tough if you had to I mean, that, that's your debate there at shortstop, I think. And you throw Carson Boober in there, too, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Uh, you know, another guy that hit over 300 this year, had some good pop in his bat. Uh, shortstop's definitely, you know, a tough position to decide on. If you want to include Cam Moore as a shortstop, you got him in the discussion. Um, you know, so it's it's one of the premier positions. Ryan Hefner had a good year mm-hmm. for Jefferson, led the team in RBIs. So definitely a tough position to choose from, but – I think Baden, with everything he can do for your team, has to be your pick, even though it's it's very close. Exactly. So that was a unanimous shortstop selection for all of us. Now moving to third base, Colin. Mike Lupus. I needed his bat in the lineup, and I know uh, we were thinking doing audible mentions. I'll do one, even though at first I said not to. I almost went J.J. Pavanelli here. Uh, both guys have really good bats, but I just thought looking at it that Lupus has a better bat, and when he was healthy, I, I thought he'd be the better guy at third base. And since we're taking the entire season, that's who I went with. Yeah, I believe Lupus led the pack in home runs. Uh, so he was a great bat for this team. Uh, he's also my choice for third base. Really good defensive guy as well. First, so you know, Spencer's got him over there first. I put him at third. Um, he was arguably the EPAC player of the year at one point. Uh, when this team was rolling and before his injury, you could certainly put him in the conversation. Maybe you guys still chose him. You know, we'll have to talk about that later. But uh, I put Lupus at third. All right, I put his teammate Braden Oviedo, who played solid third base when uh, Mike was either pitching or playing first. Uh, Braden Oviedo to me is just a solid. He's a young guy. He's going to be a guy returning probably most likely to that list next year. As just a sophomore this year, but very much contributed to this lineup and, you know, hit very good average, 314. He had 27 hits. Uh, He had two doubles, a triple, and a home run with 19 RBIs. And he only struck out nine times. So he's pretty good with, you know, his strikeout to walk ratio, 21 to nine. 
um, was hit by four pitches. So he got on base. He also had seven stolen bases this year in uh, nine attempts. No argument? No. All right. I like Moving. Green Nervy. Yeah. There's no wrong answers. That's true. I mean, no wrong answers here. Uh, we're going to go now out to the outfield to left field. Uh, my pick here is Brett Pedersen. Uh, three homers on the season, 26 RBIs. That should say it enough right there. I went a different way. I went with Wyatt McClintock. So, thought he had a pretty Mr. solid Mr. Versatility. Yeah. yeah. He would be a utility guy if you had a straight utility in DH. Or separate spot, probably. Yeah, I, I just went a different direction with my DH and then the next position that we're going with. I had to get a Cougar on my team, and I decided to go with, in my opinion, their best overall player this past season, if I were to pick one, and that would be uh, Riley Morgan. I'm going to put him in left field. Uh, Riley hit over 300, had their only home run this year. Um, just a really solid all-around p- player. Can pitch as well. Um, I think I'd, I'm going to put Morgan in left. It's a tough position to choose from. You know, a guy that technically you could put down there, I think Taron Boyles played a little bit of left last season, so if you wanted to get creative, you could throw him out there, but I'm going to put Riley Morgan in left. All right. We're moving on now to center field. Colin, your center fielder. My center fielder, I went with Jordan Canby. I needed some Bulldog representation a little bit more. Uh thought just the way he is defensively, it seems like he can – really cover almost the entire outfield by himself with the speed that he has and when he gets on base you expect him to score when he's out there too so i wanted that situation if this was an epac all-star lineup you need to have him well i had to go with a guy that definitely needs to be on your team in my opinion i think this should be a unanimous pick uh kyle lore yes get on base and he'll score my nickname for a reason i think you know, another guy that hits the ball really well. 462 average on the season. And just as good defensively as any other center fielder in the EPAC. I think Kyle Lohr's got to be your pick in center field, personally. Yeah, I'm right there with you. He, as I said, a 462 batting average, a 1.206 on base plus sucking percentage, 55 hits on the season, nine doubles, seven triples, a homer, 29 or 25 RBIs, 51 runs scored, uh, 16 walks. Junior. Yeah, only a junior, sixty or sixteen walks, thirteen strikeouts on the season, and he was fifteen for seventeen in stolen bases. Yeah, I think, but I mean, Jordan's a good pick. And yeah, I don't want to knock the player. Obviously, I just think Kyle had too good of a season to pass up on him. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. Unless you still got him in your lineup. I'm- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the outfield positions, we kind of use those wild cards. You could play them anywhere because a lot of guys that play in the outfield play left, right, center. Uh, so we'll move on to right field. My pick had to get him on the list. Caleb Fletcher. Um, you yep. know, he's he's got a solid arm out there in right field because he's obviously a great pitcher. So he could come in a pitch if you were in a bind as well. Um, but he had that key, uh, you know, that key triple in the game the other night to tie things up. Uh I think, you know, he's just a solid guy, and he's only a sophomore. So he'll be back on this list next year. Yeah, I had a Caleb Fletcher as my right fielder, too. I don't have Caleb Fletcher on my team because I had to get this guy on my team. And the only way to do that was to put Jackson Rest in right field. Uh, we've already talked a lot, a lot about Jackson. I mean, he's arguably the most important player on Hedgesville because of his leadership and uh, just the many different things he can do. He can play the outfield. He can play first base. Uh, he can hit for power, but he can also, you know, bunt and get on. 
just a really versatile player and also can pitch really well, whether it be as a starter or as a reliever. Plus, he's a lefty. I think I had to have him on my team. I needed to figure out a way to get him in there, and I decided to put him in right field. All right. Moving on to DH slash utility column. Kyle Lohr. Okay. Good. I had him in the lineup. I, we mentioned his offense. I just thought defensively, Canby was better out in center field. That's why I went with him at center. And then DH slash utility, Kyle Lohr. Both guys get on base and they'll score. I know Lohr has the better nickname with that because of his last name, but both do it. And I thought Canby was better defensively. But yeah, you can't leave Kyle Lohr out at all. So he's my utility. This is a guy that I don't think either of you chose for your team, and he's going to be my DH, and he led the EPAC in RBIs. It's Jason Myers. Uh, When you think of DH, you think of hitting. I mean, that's what's in the title there. And, uh, you know, two home runs on the year, 40 RBIs. So I don't think anybody was really that close to Myers on the year and uh, to have that many. I mean, part of that's due to, you know, the guys around him all find ways to get on. I mean, when you're hitting behind – uh, Kyle Lohr get on base and all score and Baden Hartman uh, you know that certainly helps but and Taron Boyles as well uh, but I think if you lead the the uh, EPAC and RBIs you should be on the team somewhere and I'm going to put them in my DH spot all right mine is a player that Nick mentioned earlier I believe he was your first baseman who's your first baseman yes Colin Reed yep I have Colin Reed as my DH slash utility uh, he was ultimately forced into that th role for most of the season and you know he's a he's a team first guy so he's a coach on the field he's a coach in the dugout and you know he's a guy that unfortunately couldn't play the field and couldn't pitch for most of the season due to an injury uh but he's my dh he's going to be the guy that can hit whenever we need a we need somebody to hit on my team uh so i think that's where i'm going there uh we'll go now to coach of the year i think this is unanimous yeah eric grove yep yeah, it had to be Eric Grove. I mean, his team's the last one standing, so it's got to be your pick. Got to be your pick. Player of the year, I think we went in different directions with this. Colin, we'll start with your player of the year. I am going with my first baseman, Jackson Ruest. I think uh, offensively, a uh, season batting 324 is OBP 392. Slugging was fantastic. 36 hits, so second on his team. Uh, I believe led the team, or yeah, I believe led the team in RBIs with 29, scoring 30 runs. And then pitching, though, I think is something that maybe was overlooked a lot for Jackson this year. He had the most innings for Hedgesville, seven starts, an eight and one record, a lower ERA actually than Lane as well, and. Maybe not as big of a strikeout guy as Lane. I wouldn't say that he's more talented, but the way he got things done out there, I think, was something that a lot of people maybe overlooked him for. And just all around, I think he deserves to be player of the year because of that. I think that's a good choice. Uh, to me, yeah. I've said it before, though, I think my player of the year has to be Baden Hartman because I think when you're talking about everything Baden does, uh, or did this season for Musselman when it comes to being a really good pitcher, a really good defensive player, really good hitter at the plate, has power, has speed, just the complete you know five-tool kind of guy uh, that you look to. I think that makes Baden Harmon the player of the year, but it's close. I mean, there's a lot of guys. And when you talk about player of the year too, I mean, you know, how do you leave names like Braylon Connor off that list mm-hmm. or 
Kyle Lore as well. Uh, the thing is, they don't really have the pitching numbers. I think you got to go off an overall body of work. Unfortunately, you know those guys that just hit really for the most part um, don't really get that recognition. But I think Baden Hartman, to me, even though uh, Musman came up a little bit short, I think everything he was able to do uh, as an overall all-around five-tool player uh, gives him a slight edge over Jackson, even though it's very close. I think he's just a slightly better hitter when you look at the numbers, uh, a little bit more power, um, and a little bit quicker. Defensively, they play different positions, so it's hard to compare. And then pitching, his numbers are a little bit better. Plus, he had a perfect game. And I That's think that last yeah. moment there – uh, you know, puts yeah. him above. Yeah, I mean, so, you guys make great arguments. You could make arguments for those two other players that you named as well, but I'm going to go with the guy that you made an argument for before his injury was on track to be the EPAC player of the year and being Mike Lupus. I think, you know, his overall body of work this season uh, unfortunately couldn't finish the season, Had a, you know, had a great overall body of work when you look at his pitching numbers, his hitting numbers, his fielding numbers at third and at first. And, you know, I think he he's a guy that's got to be your EPAC player of the year. Yeah, and, you know, it's a tough decision between the three names have been the most talked about for it. Uh, but it's it's definitely, you know, a tough decision. And, you know, we left off a lot of good players. Uh, yeah, like we could have a whole second team. It would just be a whole show we have to talk com- about. And they could compete with the first team. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just like Dylan Stevens. Uh, we left off, you know, Carson Buber. J.J. Pavanelli, Ryan Hefner. Like, there's so many guys that played at a big level. Caden Compton for Spring Mills mm-hmm. had a yeah. good season. Um, so, you know, Alex Bromwell from Spring Mills as well had a really solid season. So, um, there's so many talented guys in this area uh, that it's hard to choose just nine. That's why we had to choose ten. Yeah. And that still wasn't enough. I mean, it's kind of like Trip with his – second team that he's got this year he's got that yeah. lower the the it was it 17 u team i believe that's gonna play a 19 u schedule yeah so i mean that just goes to show the talent in the epac and uh you know i believe the coaches one comes out in the next couple of days i know that they were received the the ballot to vote for them this week so we should be getting that here in the next couple of days maybe by midweek next week we should have that uh but that was our versions of our epac all epac first teams and uh that will do it for this segment of the sports mix brought to you in part by orsini's home store not just an appliance store any longer you can buy your trigger grills at orsini's at 360 hackwell's away or online at orsini's.com we'll be back after this two-minute break talk uh the celtics they remain alive and the nhl playoffs talk about that after this two-minute break you're tuning in the sports mix on talk radio wrnr tv 10 back in two minutes Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh I'm gonna call my parents. Dad, come over. The first gets done. The Traeger Connect Experience. Everything you need for epic flavor, and then some. Shop now and save at Orsini's today. 
Whether it's a strain, sprain, or fracture, WVU Medicine Orthopedics and Sports Medicine in Charlestown and Spring Mills now offer same-day appointments. No referral is needed unless required by your insurance carrier. WVU Medicine Orthopedics and Sports Medicine offers the exceptional care you expect for the injuries you don't. For same-day appointments at WVU Medicine Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, call 304-725-BONE. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire. Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. Shenandoah Community Health continues to offer COVID vaccinations and clinics each Saturday throughout the Martinsburg and Winchester areas. The COVID vaccinations and boosters are free to anybody age 12 and up. To find out more, call 304-263-4999 or visit Shenandoah Community Health's website. Get your COVID vaccination or booster free to anybody age 12 and up at any of the Saturday clinics hosted by Shenandoah Community Health in the Martinsburg and Winchester areas. Call 304-263-4999 today. Now, back to the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. But for you, I guess you moved on really easily. You found a new girl and it only took a couple weeks. Remember when you said that you wanted to give me the world? Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR TV 10. Spencer Nick and Colin, happy to have you with us here for the third segment. Excuse me. And we'll talk some NBA playoffs in this segment and the NHL playoffs as uh, had a uh, series last night. Thought was going to end in the NHL. I I thought it was going to end in the NHL, but it didn't. Uh, We'll talk NBA playoffs here, which uh, Colin, it could be happening. The Celtics win 110-97 last night. They extend the series another game. It's now 3-2. Headed Just got to game keep six. putting the pressure on the Miami Heat. I mean, the, all the pressure was on the Miami Heat side since they went up 3-0, and you still got to give them credit for doing that and still frustrated, obviously, as a Celtics fan that the Celtics decided to go in that position. But back-to-back wins, back-to-back dominating wins as well and I was looking this up last night because I've said it basically after every game when the defense shows up is when the Celtics are the best because the defense leads to the offense I feel like for them and I was trying to look up out of how many of the wins in the playoffs this year for Boston did the defense show up enough to hold their opponents in those wins under 100 points and I believe I counted now four maybe five out of the nine wins I I can't remember which it was I think it was only one time against Philadelphia or maybe two and then uh or no two times why didn't you write this down I I should have but I (laughs) didn't great stat and then you're you're failing on it yeah I apologize but (laughs) 
Gosh. It, that's the magic thing. So Joe Missoula? That sounds like something Missoula probably says to the team. You know, guys, if we play defense, we, we win. you got to keep them under 100. So pay attention to that from now on, I guess, <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. is If, if Miami can score over 100, they're probably going to win that game. Didn't they score over 100 the other night and lose? I could be wrong. No. All right. I thought it was 101 or something like that. Nope. Well, game six set for Saturday night, 8.30 p.m. on TNT from Miami. Uh, unfortunately, we won't be back on the air again before, if necessary, a game seven takes place. That would be 99. Uh, Monday night, 99. 8.30 p.m. TNT at TD Garden in Boston. Uh, Colin, how are you feeling heading into game six and potentially a game seven before we'll be on the air again? Right now, this is how I'm feeling. Boston, if they win game six, wins the series. I don't think they'd lose a game seven at home. That crowd yesterday, I think, was such a huge boost, especially you saw at the start how electric they were from start to finish. And the Celtics role players are clearly the guys that fed off that. Jason Tatum still had a great night. But a guy that had a fantastic night was White. Six three-pointers yesterday. Fantastic offensively for Boston. And I believe he actually – was he the leading scorer? I think he was, yeah. Yeah. I think the Heat are definitely vulnerable right now. Um, With the injury to Gabe Vincent, we already know Tyler Hero is probably not going to come back in this series. So they're beat up. Uh, You know, they're they're struggling for whatever reason. And and Boston is – starting to lock in so i kind of agree with you colin i think even though it is or it has never happened a team come all the way back from 3-0 and a team from 3-0 is only forced a game seven three times if they do force it you're definitely starting to lean toward the celtics in this series as crazy as that might have seemed you know a, a few week or a few games ago um but i think miami going back home and you mentioned it you know the role players play in Boston, typically your role players do play better at home. The Heat have a team that is mainly role players, uh, so maybe they can you know, take advantage of that and, and put it together and close out this series. But uh, that was my original prediction, so I'll stick with it. But I definitely don't have a ton of confidence with how Boston's kind of dominated these games. They haven't really been close games the last couple, but can they keep that up? Is you know interesting to see. I don't know. It's been a weird series. It has been. By yeah. the way, it's six. Six times they've won and kept teams under 100. There you go. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you for talking so that I could look that up for you. <laughs> All right. Well, as I said, game six tomorrow, 8.30 p.m. on TNT. And then if there's a game seven, it'll be Monday, 8.30 on TNT as well. That one, game seven, would be in Boston game six is in Miami so the next time we'll talk to you will be Tuesday May 30th uh, it'll be either be really old news or history will have been made potentially or I guess they could go to seven games and the Heat could still win in seven he could still win in six I mean as I said though and I'm going to stay by it if Boston gets game six they're going to win game seven and win the series the momentum. All the momentum yeah. is just shifting over to Boston's side going into that Game 7, and I don't feel like, even though you still got Jimmy Butler on the other side, he'll be able to do it. Because since Game 2, he really he's kind of been non-existent. Yeah. Part of that's probably due to the score. You know, Probably not playing as many minutes down the stretch when the score's kind of the way it is. 
but also, you know, early in the game, he's not as effective. Mm -hmm. So uh, we'll see. I think he played okay last night from what I was able to see, uh, but not his best stuff. And, and, you know, it it hurts, like I said. I mean, they got injuries that they're dealing with. Boston's relatively healthy, so makes it difficult to to win when you're dealing with you know your key role players being out guys that have played great for you in this series guys that have been the difference maker yeah jimmy butler's been good this series but he's only had a few or since you know early in the season series like you said he really hasn't done that much these last few games so you know we'll see uh ultimately i'm gonna keep my prediction that i said the other night i think i'm gonna stick with the eden six but um I wouldn't be completely shocked if, like I said the other day, if history was made because of how this series is going, the fact that the Heat are an eight seed, the fact that the Heat are an eight seed, and also that they're dealing with injuries now, which makes them. Since we don't have a show Monday because of the holiday, you just said Heat and six. If Boston wins Game Six, do you still say Heat and seven? Yes or no? No, I got the Celtics. If okay. They, if they win, I feel. I feel like, like I said, I mean, if there's going to happen, it would be this series. I said that yesterday. And also the fact that the Heat have these injuries now, you know, that they're already a weaker team on paper and then they lose guys that are playing big minutes for them. That's obviously significant. So, yeah. All right, let's move on, talk some NHL playoffs. Last night, another overtime game. It seems like overtime games have been kind of just the the playoffs in the NHL this year. Uh, only one overtime, though, as the uh, Stars with the backs against the wall. They uh, continue the series going to a Game 5, getting a 3-2 victory in overtime. Game 5 set for Saturday, 8 p.m. on ABC. So competing with Game 6 in the NBA Finals, uh, that game will be... Eastern Conference Finals. Eastern Conference Finals, that's what I meant. The West Final there, that will be uh, from T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. I, I I don't know. I mean, you give them 3-1, but I feel like the the Knights at home are going to win it. Well, I correctly predicted the Dallas Stars as an expert of hockey to win the game yesterday, so I was pretty happy about that. But overall, I think Vegas will still win the series. And if there is... if they Vegas in six. Give me the Stars to take another game. All right, six games, if necessary. That game will be Monday, 8 p.m. on ESPN. Again, we won't. that'll be in Dallas, but we wouldn't be on the air before that game as well. ESPN played a lot of money to get the NHL out there. They really did. So mm-hmm. they need a game six. All right. Well, their money's worth. That will do Sounds it. like the NBA. For this segment game of the Sports seven, Mix. baby. Brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. On the side of this break, we'll talk Nats and O's. Wrap things up for this final edition of the Sports Mix for the week. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Back in two minutes. This is Eric at Hagerstown Ford. Over the last decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now, you get on your phone, click Want It, and it shows up at your front door. At Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed the car buying experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a newer used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it, no questions asked. Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back-and-forth games? 
Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, no dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. No dealership from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HagerstownFord.com to schedule your VIP experience. Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details. If you or someone you know suffers from the disease of addiction, help is available from the Berkeley County Quick Response Team with peer recovery coaches and support promptly to the homes of those who've recently experienced an overdose. This collective effort towards recovery brings resources and services to the community, including naloxone and treatment options. Call 304-267-1313 or visit the Berkeley County Recovery Resource Center at 800 Emmett Rouse Drive, Martinsburg. The Berkeley County Quick Response Team is funded through a DHHR grant with the Berkeley Morgan County Health Department. Hi, Crescia Hornby here. Larry DeMarco, broker of Modern Realty Results, believes he has some of the best real estate agents in the eastern panhandle. Agents at Modern Realty Results have years of experience and knowledge of the local real estate market. Agents within the office work as a team to provide quality customer service. We strive to always ensure client satisfaction through handling every transaction with honesty and integrity, all while offering competitive rates. Modern Realty Results is veteran-owned and managed. Please call us at 262-4222, modernrealtyresults.com. Into the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome back to this final segment of the sports mix for your Friday, May 26, 2023. Show brought to you in part by the Marriott Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. Stop by 1270 Winchester Avenue right here in Martinsburg. Call 304-263-4343. Spencer, Nick, and Colin hanging out with you for this final six and a half minutes or so for your Friday here. Now let's talk some Nats and O's. Just as I said it yesterday on the show, do you guys remember what I said about the Nats bullpen? They did good, so they're going to do bad? No. I said that they're doing very well as a bullpen. I didn't say they're going to do bad, although I should have, because you know what happened yesterday? They did bad. They did horrible. But Jake Irvin didn't pitch that many innings. He only went uh, four innings, so they had to get they had to cover five innings uh, yesterday. Machado came in in the fifth, gave up three runs on three hits and a walk while striking out one. Mason Thompson walked one. Didn't give up a hit or a run. Ward walked one. Didn't give up a hit or a run. Finnegan gave up a hit and struck out two. He had the hold for the game. But then Hunter Harvey came in, who I said was pitching very well. He gave up three runs, three hits, while striking out two in a home run. And the Nats lost eight to six. They gave up. They scored five in the seventh, and they were going to get the win. And they gave up three in the top of the ninth and couldn't do anything in the bottom of the ninth. So the Nationals lose the series to the Padres two games to one. They now sit at 21-29. and 29. They begin a three-game weekend set in Kansas City to take on the Royals tonight, 8-10. Tomorrow, 4-10. Sunday, 2-10. And then they'll go to Los Angeles for a three-game set, I believe. Yes, three-game set with the Dodgers. That'll be Monday night, 9-10. Tuesday night, 10-10. Wednesday night. 4 10 p.m. All those games you can hear right here on Talk Radio WRNR will be 30 minutes prior with the pregame coverage from the Nats Radio Network. But the Nats 
Uh, hopefully they can get some games in Kansas City. I mean, you're looking at Kansas City. Kansas City is Not worse good. than them. So hopefully they can sweep them. Be nice for a sweep. At least get a series win. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, how about the Moes? They got a series win. But I read a stat last night. The last time they've lost a series was like the first or second series of the season, I think. Yeah. That's how you get winning baseball, right? Yeah. You win series. Yeah. Uh, definitely happy with it. You know, always tough to beat the Yankees. Oh. And always good when you do. You good? Yeah. I just had a burp coming. Yeah, they were, in some people's minds, just one pitch away, and that being the pitch that allowed Aaron Judge to get his home run in the first game of the series to tie things up in the ninth. If that doesn't happen, they get him out. They sweep the Yankees and the Blue Jays. So go undefeated in the road trip, but still winning five of six in division games on the road is something you can be happy with. And the pitching yesterday was fantastic. Only three hits allowed for the Yankees and starting pitcher in Gibson, seven innings pitched, only allowing two hits. Three strikeouts, four walks, but still great nonetheless. Yeah, and as we get you know deeper into the season, presuming this keeps up, I think my big question is going to be, are the Orioles going to actually go for it this year? Or are they going to still kind of sit on their hands? Because obviously, I mean, they need some starting pitching, I think, overall. Yeah. And they have the guys that they could trade to do it. Um, because they have a log jam at shortstop in their system. They have good guys that could be dealt. And, you know, I don't know who's going to be available at the deadline. I mean, we're still a while away. But I just hope that if that opportunity, they feel like there's a guy or two that they can add uh, to this team, they go out and do it. Um, because I think this team's just playing great baseball right now. But uh, they're making up for a lot of their weaknesses with – their hitting's been pretty good for the most part, and that's kind of made up for the pitching at times. And then the bullpen has been turning it around. Uh, they have probably the best back end, I think, in the league, potentially, with Bautista and Cano. I mean, those two guys have been really good all year. I know Bautista gave up that home run to Judge, but other than that, he's been good, and, and Cano's been arguably the best reliever in baseball. So Yeah. Yeah. How about this? In non-Nats and O's news, but uh, MLB Commissioner Bob Ma- Rob Manfred said a vote on the Oakland Athletics' prospective move to Las Vegas could take place when the MLB owners meet June 13th to 15th in New York. Quote, it's a possibility that a relocation vote could happen as early as June. It's very difficult to have a timeline for Oakland until there's actually a deal to be considered. There's a relocation process internally they need to go through, and we haven't even started that process. But the fact that they could vote on it come June is huge. Yeah, Colin's anti-Vegas says. Yeah, I'm anti-Vegas. I, I think Oakland still deserves a sports team. I don't know. They, I mean, they're fans. They're, it's, the not fan, it's not the fans', fans fault I mean, that yeah. more so the, the ownership and the management puts out city. horrible it's, quality. It's how close they the are city. to other cities, I think, too. Yeah, that doesn't help. The I proximity mean, to other sports. But the fact that they can't get a stadium is due to the city and ownership uh, not being able to you know, come to, get, to, come to a deal. Um, but, you know, Vegas is obviously willing to give them that land, so... Uh, I think that's going to happen. You know, I'm kind of fine with it. I mean, the Oakland fans are pretty passionate, especially in football. So the Raiders moving is definitely still weird to me that the Raiders are in Vegas, but I've gotten used to it. Uh, And the A's 
you know their fans haven't gotten to show their passion but it's i mean this is a historic base. franchise i mean they have eight world series mm-hmm. titles same fan so base leaving the Raiders. Is, same fan base is golden state who also moved to the other side of the bay yeah it's the same thing though i mean they they, they went with the golden state name for a reason so they could be both yeah. san francisco and oakland and they've been in both cities before they were in san francisco for a while too so you know they kind of share that team uh but you know the A's and Raiders moving to Vegas has definitely been strange but you know it is what it is and I don't think it's fair to A's fans but I mean they can't really do anything about it I guess all right well that will do it for this edition of the sports mix again no show on Monday due to Memorial Day we'll be back in action for a show on Tuesday that'll do it for this edition of the sports mix for Colin McLaughlin Nick Verzlini I'm Spencer Pui saying have a great rest of your day and a great rest of your great Memorial Day weekend everyone we'll talk to you on Tuesday We'll